0: Psalm 1, how happy are you? You may think that's a crazy question, but you know, feeling better has become more important to us than finding God, said one man. Are most people happy? Well, one man said, he was the author of, 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 of a book called Are You Happy? And he reports that according to expert opinion, Perhaps only 20% of Americans are happy. How sad. This is really a sad one. Six weeks before he died, a reporter asked Elvis Presley, Elvis, when you first started playing music, you said you wanted to be rich. You wanted to be famous and happy. Are you happy? His reply... I'm lonely as hell. Money won't buy happiness, but it will pay the salaries of a large research staff to study the problem. This psalm actually sets the pace for the entire book of psalms. It only has six verses, so it's pretty important, really. Uh, Simply stated, this describes and and contrasts the way of those who trust God and those who choose not to trust God. That's what this psalm is all about, of six verses. This is where you are today, my friend. No matter who you are, you are either one or the other, and I trust that you will make that decision. Let's look at these verses very carefully. Remember, there are just the six of them, but we go through a series of of verses which kind of are self-explanatory and in verse one we notice the three negative things done here by the blessed man now who is the blessed man a blessed man as we look at scripture a blessed man is someone who is happy well everybody may say they're happy but there's only really one way to be happy and that is if you are happy in Jesus. Anyone can, can uh, can confront me on that subject. But you see, the deep abiding happiness and joy and fullness of God's Spirit can only be found in the life of one who has trusted Jesus as personal Savior. That's the only place it can be found. You know, and um, in this verse, the word "blessed" means means oh, the happiness. So, the happiness. The joy of people who are doing what God says in Psalm 1 is what it's all about. So this happiness comes from God when one has a relationship with him through Jesus Christ. And it it is a pity that, that we have not kept the word happy to the high and holy plane where Jesus placed it. Because here is what he said. If you do these things, his word, if you do these things, happy are you if you do them so if you keep them what a wonderful verse from and a word from Jesus well let's look at the first thing that happens to a person who does not the uh, uh, does not do in this verse what, what does the first thing the happy person does not do well it says in verse 1 he does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly so first of all we find this person who is not happy the way God wants him to be happy that he is um or the one that is happy he's the one that is not walking in a certain place and he says not walking in the counsel of the ungodly now a lot of people don't like to hear the word ungodly in scripture but friends listen when you come right down to the fact there are only two kind of people in the world there are godly and there are ungodly people if you are ungodly it means you have never trusted Jesus as your personal savior that is not a detriment to your personality or your manner of living. It's just the way God classifies you. You are either godly or ungodly. Well, ungodly does not mean that a person is cruel, it doesn't mean he's unkind, it doesn't mean he's morally debased or anything of the kind. It just means that you have not allowed God to be in your life like he wants you to be. The believer in God who has committed his life to Jesus Christ no longer walks in this road, this road of the ungodly. A lot of people, you see, even as believers, they let their minds wander and walk in the road of the ungodly. We look at things that tend to help us to want to walk in the way of the ungodly. We imagine things in our minds that make us want to think that, well, let's go into that way of the ungodly so that's what the psalmist is talking about here happy is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly the second thing that we find the second thing the happy person does not do is found also in verse 1 he does not stand in the path or the way of sinners so first of all we find a person we find a a person walking uh, in the path of the ungodly. And then it says, now he does not stand in the path of the sinner. So he goes from a walk to a stand. And this is the way it usually happens in life. Sinners is another synonym for the word ungodly in this, in this phrase, that we, he does not stand in the path of Sinners. Uh, he does not. He does not feel comfortable there. He does not stop long enough to be identified as one who loathes or or toys, loiters or toiters, toys with the, with the idea of the world. So, this person uh, is happiest because he is not. He is not standing in this pathway. Well, it's a, it's a very uh, beautiful psalm. When you choose this way, you are happy. Happiness then becomes the internal the internal path of your life that is not dependent on what goes on around you. A lot of times we say that happiness for the world, happiness is usually a product of what happens around you and it makes you happy. For the believer in Jesus happiness is what goes on inside your heart and life and that is what makes you happy that is the happiness we're talking about today <clears throat> it's really wonderful the world the world I'm, the world says i'm happy because of what happens around me what i just said and of course the, the christian says i'm happy because of what i got inside now there is a third thing that happens when a person uh, is happy and where he's going or what he's doing. So the third thing the happy person does not do, this is negative, he does not sit in the seat of the scornful. So look at that. He started out walking, then he stood, now he is sitting. What a shame. That is the downward progression of those who allow the world to take over, and that's where you land up. You walked innocently. Then you stood as more of a more of a participator or you were observing, and then all of a sudden you sit down in the middle of all of it and you're guilty because there you are, but the happy man doesn't do any of these. He does not he does not uh, uh, sit in the seat of the scornful. The seat of the scornful. Uh, Dr. Spurgeon said, the seat of the scornful, the scorner may be very. A very uh, lofty, but it is very near to the gate of hell. Let us feel. Let us flee from it, for it shall soon be empty, and destruction shall swallow up the man who sits therein. So, thank God, the happy man does not sit in the seat of the scornful. The Christian who is happy does not find. Him or herself in compromising positions that would that would position themselves with those who who espouse ideas and lifestyles that would that would be disturbing to the Lord. The ungodly have their counsel. Did you notice that? The ungodly have their counsel. The sinners have their path, and the scornful have their chair. Stay away from them. There is only one way that you as a believer can get near these three things. By walking or standing or sitting in these places. There's only one place that we are allowed as believers. And here it is. Jesus gave it in Matthew 5.16. You'll be surprised. Let your light, Christian, so shine before men who are in this walk and stand in position situations. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That is our responsibility as believers, to let our light so shine the light of Jesus to those around us that they will see our heavenly Father and want to glorify him. Are you doing that, Christian? I pray that you are. That's our role in life. To live for Jesus. Christians, beware. Don't be deluded, deceived, or baited into walking or standing and sitting in the wrong places. If you are in this roadway, get out and have the joy of the Lord once again in your life. The devil is very clever. He first gets you to walk in the wrong place that's what he wants you to do. Then he wants you to stand in the wrong place, and then he wants you to sit in the wrong place. It gets worse each step. Each step you take without Jesus takes you in the wrong direction. Don't go there without him. In verse 2, we have an interesting thing. There are two ways that The Lord, through the psalmist David, said that we could handle the word of God. We've already talked about now this terrible verse 1 about the the, the awful things that can happen if you're in the wrong place. But now in in verse 2, notice the two ways that he handled the word of God. First of all, he says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. In other words, the happy person does not do what it says in verse 1, but his delight is in the word of God i hope my friend your delight is in the word of god i hope the word of god is so precious to you that you would not think of going a day without it um, it's like jeremiah said thy words that your words were found and i did eat them and they became the joy and the rejoicing of my heart that's what god's word meant to him that's what it should mean to us as well so what does it mean to delight in the word of god Have you ever given it a thought what does it mean to delight well it's interesting that every precious thing in life is hidden in such a way that it, 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 it's a reward to the diligent, a prize to the earnest, but a disappointment to the slothful soul. And I'll give you some illustrations. All of nature is this way. It's all, it, that's the way it's built. It's kind of amazing. It's a it's raid against the lounger and against the lazy person. Nature is. How? Well, a nut. A nut is hidden within a shell. Boy, you ought to go down to Brazil and see. If any, if you ever, I don't think any of you have ever seen a Brazil nut tree. They, live, they were in our backyard. I mean, many, many, many back in the jungle, but they are, they're 100 feet tall. And the Brazil nut comes in a great big pod like this. And the men have to be so careful when they harvest them because if it falls on their head, they are dead because It's heavy. Inside the pod is another horribly hard shell that you could not even penetrate it without an instrument. And then inside of this hard shell, there are the, the, the number of nuts that God puts in there, and each one of them has a real hard shell. And I only encountered one man in all of my life who could take one on his hand and hit it against something and break open that nut, but he did. All the rest of us have to use a special thing just to get into it. So that's the way God hides these special, these special things. They're all hidden. They're, it's really kind of wonderful. So that's the nut. What about the pearl? The pearl. Yeah, the pearl and the oyster. Boy, oh, boy, really something. In the, in the ocean waves, and gold is imprisoned in the bosom of the mountain, there deep in the soil, and, and the, the gem is found only after you cru- crush the rock, and there it is, the gem. The very soil that we walk on gives its harvest as reward to the laboring farmer. He works that soil, and then it produces something very special. Meditation is that same way, dear friends. Henry Ford said it this way. Cut your own wood and you'll warm yourself twice. So not only only did he say delight in the word, but he said meditate. I don't know if it's true or not. I've been told the word meditate is the same word that the farmer uses or could use for the cow who chooses cud. I don't know if it's true or not. But it makes good sense because... Because the cow is bringing up the material from one of those stomachs and chewing it over, right? Well, that's what we're supposed to do with God's word. We're supposed to take it into our lives and kind of chew it and, and enjoy it the second time and the third time. Whatever. Uh, wonderful. Meditate means to read and think and analyze and ponder and keep in, 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 it, it, it consciously and constantly in our thoughts. It means that the Bible and its message becomes a part of our thinking day by day, day and night the bible is the greatest book in the world the only book that is living spurgeon dr spurgeon was in a great huge cathedral in europe one time and he went in to test the acoustics and as he tested the acoustics he went to the i don't think they had any microphones in those days he had a powerful voice and he he just quoted John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that was his test of the acoustics of the building. After a while, a man came down the aisle and said, uh, sir, did you have something that you said publicly here in the, in the meeting? He said, yeah, I, I, I read... I quoted John 3:16. The man said, "I heard that verse and I need Jesus and I didn't know that he would save my soul but believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son." And that dear man here in Spurgeon's voice, the only one in that huge tabernacle came forward and received Jesus as his personal savior that's all it takes you just know that you are a sinner and you know that if you don't change you're going to go to hell my dear friend all you have to do is come to jesus and he will save you what a blessed one he is northeast brazil where we used to work raleigh would know this man pastor rebamar was the was the bible voice and pastor of, the, of our radio program called the, the Voz da Biblia, the voice of the Bible. Miguel, you understood that, didn't you? And um, you know, Hibamar preached faithfully the Word of God, and it went out through the auspices of the Transworld radio all over the world in a, a little town in northeast Brazil, in Rio Grande do Norte. There was a, a little guy turned on his radio, and he heard Pastor Ribamar preaching the gospel. And right there in his home, on his shortwave radio, he heard the message of Jesus and was wonderfully saved. He heard about the seminary. Later on, I was director of, and he came to seminary. R- Raleigh's name is Severino. He received the Lord as his Savior, came to school, and trained for the ministry and was a pastor. The power of the word of God. It's so wonderful, folks. In verse 3, there are four things that liken this person to a tree. Did you see that? In other words, this person, he should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I'm just going to mention these because it's so interesting. This happy person... Of whom the Lord is speaking in his word here is like a tree because first of all the tree is planted now I realize that you know that all trees don't have to be planted but when we're talking about spiritual things I want to tell you something you have to be planted if you are going to be a follower of Jesus you have to be planted in him and he's the one that does the planting planting with the remember there's a T there have you been planted into Christ I hope you have if you have trusted him as your personal savior, you are planted in him. The second thing, I noticed this tree is fruitful. Yeah, it bears fruit. This means that things happen in, in, a, in, in, in your life when Jesus is there. This means that, that your character is produced. This means that the fruit of the Spirit is, is produced in you. So it's planted, it's fruitful. And look at the next thing. It's refreshing. His leaf also will not wither. Isn't that beautiful? This is a picture of the believer in Christ. Refreshing. Refreshing to see a believer in Jesus that functions the way God wants us to function. Someone said God's God's trees are evergreen. I like that, don't you? God's trees are evergreen. You're only as old, you know. You're only as old as you feel. I don't know how many old people we have in here, but I'd have to raise my hand if I asked for people to do so. Um, I went to the airport one one day in Natal, Brazil, to pick up an old missionary, and he was old. And I said, "How are you doing?" He says, "I'm doing wonderfully. I'm am He said, "My spirit is renewed every day." I said, "What are you talking about?" And then he quoted. He quoted Second Corinthians 4.16. Listen to this. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. What he told me was, Ralph, you know, my body's old. I'm decrepit. I use a cane, but it's okay because my spirit every day is just as new as a newborn child any of you here who know jesus and walk with him know that is true the freshness of every day by having jesus in your life and by your side the wonderful wonderful help he gives us well there's a warning did you see it in verse four I hate to read it but it's god's word it's right there the ungodly are not so but are like the shaft which the wind blows away you know what the wind, the shaft is is that stuff that comes off of products that the, it's only good to fly away in the wind and there it goes uh, the the ungodly are not christians the ungodly are are like this shaft the the husk of corn or other seed separated by the wintering or the threshing And the wind blows it away easily. It is unstable, no foundation, no security, no certainty of of where it will be found. And this is a picture, sadly to say, this is a picture of the lost without Jesus. Oh, how sad it is. Verse 5 gives us something about uh, two different things. The ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. Now, a lot of people read that and say, Hallelujah, I'm not going to have to go to judgment because that's what it says. The ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. It doesn't mean that, my friend. What it, let me just put it in the colloquial language. When you stand before a holy God as a non believer, as a lost soul, you will have no leg to stand on. You will be lost in front of of a holy savior. That's what means the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, that you, you, you will not be able to stand in the judgment because you have nothing to, nothing to respond. They don't have a leg to stand on in the, the judgment. This means that they will have nothing to say. Nothing will be on, on their side to make them acceptable before God. That's why it is so important that a man and a woman and a child receives the wonderful gift of salvation before it is too late. Yep, it says, the ungodly are not so. And then, I mean, verse 5, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor, the second part, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. You ask most people, are they going to go to heaven? Yes. Well, how do you know? Well, because I'm a good person. No, you're not. You're not a good person without Jesus. Well, you're a good person, sure. You have high morals. I know you're a great person, but you have to be born again. And so it's interesting, sinners in the congregation of the righteous, this means they will, they will not be in heaven. What a sad thing. Christians, what is your duty? Well, I've already told you, let your light so shine before men. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who, who wins souls is wise. And Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and, and appointed you that you should go and bring and bring and bear fruit that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the father in my name he may give it so it's so wonderful it's so wonderful to know that you are in jesus what are you going to do about about your friends christians who are lost and on their way to eternity without jesus and for those today without jesus can you face the music man i heard a I heard a dreadful story of a man who, who joined the imperial orchestra. And he, he was to play the—he was going to play the—I think it was the the flute. I believe he played, but um, he didn't know how to even read a, a note of music. But he joined the—he joined the chorus, and uh, he was fooling everybody. Yeah, he played the flute, but only went through the motions. And then they got a new conductor, and the new conductor kind of went one by one and checked all the people who were playing the different instruments. And this man wasn't there that day because he played hooky because he said he had to go to the doctor. Well, anyway, later on, the choir director found out that of the Imperial Orchestra found out that this man, the doctor said he was okay, he wasn't sick. Oh, really? So shamefacedly, This man in the choir, playing the flute, had to confess he was a fake. He was unable to play, so he could not face the music. He just came to impress the choir director. But folks, in spiritual things, it does not work that way. If you cannot face the music, oh, what a sad lot is yours in eternity. You don't have to perish. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have ever eternal life. And verse 6 is the happiest and saddest verse in the psalm. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Where does that put you, my friend, today? A lady was dying in the hospital in Bellingham. I was called to her side. She said, I'm afraid to die. I wish more people were afraid to die. I mean that. I'm afraid to die. Have you ever trusted Jesus as your No. Would you like to? And I just gave her the beautiful plan of salvation and said, Jesus is there with his arms outstretched to receive you. Just take him, and he'll come into your life and you'll be born again she did and a smile came on her 99 year old face and the next day she went to be with Jesus and her family told us that she never died happier it was wonderful thank you for pointing her to Jesus let's let's pray father And as I close this service today, please make your decision. Receive Jesus as your Savior. If you've never done it, ask him sweetly right now to come into your life and let him be your Savior. He will receive you. He will not reject you. Come as you are. Receive him. Lord Jesus, help people now to receive this wonderful gift of salvation before it is too late. We thank you that we have this opportunity while we're still breathing to do it and help people who are Christians to reach out to the lost and say, Lord, help me to be a soul winner. And for you who are lost listening to my voice today, my friend, whoever you may be, would you just turn to a Christian after the service and say, hey, I really, I really want that. I want to become a Christian. Talk to someone. Talk to me. Make this decision. Lord, we give this service to you. It's yours. Don't let anyone go out of this building without Jesus. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.